Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. From Dial Square to where is proud to have Gunas versus Cancer as its charity sponsor for the season. Set up by the Gunas podcast, it is a brilliant charity raising money for leukemia and lymphoma research. Please help me to help them reach their fundraising goal by visiting gunasversuscancer.com and see how to donate or bid for some great Guna merchandise. Thank you. I'm not sure you're going to be ready for this, but there's a new, brand new theme tune. Strap yourselves in. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I ride this alone in my bed. I poison every room in the house. The place is quiet and so Now that is double naughty. Hello and welcome to this new episode of From Dial Square to Where. As uh, some of you may know, I've been a bit poorly lately, so I'm really pleased to be back and getting uh, better uh, day by day. And um, I haven't done my own podcast for a little while now because I was on holiday uh, last week as well. Um, I've put a few um, podcasts together for you all um, as you've probably seen um, from my uh, appearances on other channels so that's been good fun. Um, A few more coming up this weekend which I'm uh, really looking forward to. Um, Been uh, sad to have missed out on a couple that was due to be on especially the one with Kevin Campbell that was going to be uh, very exciting for me but there you go hopefully the chance will come again in the future but um, I'm going to concentrate initially on this first uh, half of the show on the couple of matches that have happened since I last um, did my own podcast and um, they've obviously been the Liverpool game and the Spurs game and um, I reacted sort of during the game on Twitter uh, especially against the Spurs 
um, on, on, on the Spurs match rather, and um, I was very sort of pretty scathing about the performance of Granite Xhaka. So yeah, Granite Xhaka's performance was, as we all know, extremely disappointing, annoying. Um, it's not something that we are unused to as Arsenal fans. But overall, as well, it leaves me with questions that I've been asking about Unai Emery as our head coach. And they still go unanswered for, for me. Because we were all cra- craving to see the front three all play in tandem. And... Um, when it was announced, uh, the team for the, the Spurs game, that was a very positive thing that we uh, we saw, that they were all going to be playing. So why then do you choose the midfield that he did? Because it's not going to be creating enough opportunities for those front three. And we saw the gaps between the midfield and the front three it was there for all to see. And it also, it just seems sometimes that Unai Emery just can't see that himself. And when he does change it eventually, because we're all quite pleased that he was doing the half-time subs and, and so on earlier on in his tenure, but he seems to have stopped that now. And to have left Granite Xhaka on the pitch... It just baffles me. I honestly can't get my head around it. And Lucas Torreira didn't have a very good game either. But I don't know if I can blame him as as being a poor performance or whether he was just following his coach's guidelines. But to me, that game was absolutely crying out for a midfield of Willock, Ceballos and um, either Torreira or Guendouzi. As it turned out, Guendouzi had an amazing game. So I think uh, Willock, Ceballos and Guendouzi would have really had a, uh, a fantastic game against Spurs and they would have been creating and exploiting the space in front of their defensive line from the off. And I, I don't think we would have conceded. Well, we obviously wouldn't have conceded the stupid penalty um, that we did for the second goal. But uh, the first goal was just a catalogue of errors as well. And once again, the biggest part of that was uh, Socrates. And I've been I've been going on about Socrates for a while now. And I just don't think he's he's good enough. He he's good for say 85% of each match, but it's, that's not enough, is it? And um, the mistakes he makes, the decision making, is just uh, not going to be part of the improvement of the Arsenal team in achieving its goals that we need moving forward. I know that David Luiz isn't completely blameless in the, the, the start to the season. However, he's being let down by 
the teammates that he's got alongside him in defence. And things are only going to improve when we get our two fullbacks back fully fit. And we've got a fit Rob Holding to choose from as well. But in the meantime, I really do think that we need to get uh, Chambers back, who's done nothing wrong, as we all know. Uh, the first game of the season, he was solid. been solid throughout pre-season. And I think it's been a bit unfair to leave him out uh, in the subsequent matches, to be perfectly honest. And I think Chambers and Louise has got to be the way forward until Rob Holding is back. And um, and then we can, we can make this decision from there. Um, but Socrates's brain, just what, I mean, what was he thinking in going for that header? when it was already being dealt with. All right, granted it was Granite Jack that was dealing with it, but it was being dealt with. And if he just stayed back, then we'd have had no danger whatsoever. And when he... He still had a a couple of yards head start on Ericsson, but he just wasn't busting a gut again. And the same against Liverpool, when he could have just literally thrown himself in front of the ball... Um, when um, I can't remember whether it, it was um, the first or second goal that uh, they scored, but it, when it broke in, in the box, he could have, he, he was just casually running up to the ball rather than break, busting a gut and throwing himself in front of it. And the same again with Ericsson, he just got lost. I mean, Ericsson's not, he's a great player, but he's not the quickest player on the planet. And Socrates isn't the slowest player on the planet either, but he he just sort of didn't do enough to get back. Uh, it's very frustrating. But what I was um, sort of to go back to what I was talking about before, the midfield trio that Unai Emery picked just makes me wonder why he makes these decisions and, and playing the front three at home. A positive move. The midfield, not a positive move. They don't go hand in hand. And there was no connection between that midfield and the uh, and the forwards. Venduzzi was, was was a shining light. Really, he was trying his best to sort of fulfil all the needs of the midfield, but he can't do it on his own. And we really, really missed. I mean, we all saw the difference that Sabios made when he came on. And um, we missed that from the start of the match. And um, I've still got grave worries and concerns about Unai Emery. And um, I hope they don't borne out, unfortunately. I desperately want him to succeed. But he, he's not filling me with any kind of confidence that that's going to be the case, unfortunately. Um, we can see the competitors that uh, we are up against and we were up against last season. We should be up against this season for the top four in Chelsea, Man United, Spurs. And they're all carrying on from uh, last season, or if not, if not worse, really. And if we can't capitalise on this early doors and get a good lead on these teams by Christmas, then questions have seriously got to be asked about the coach. 
They really have. Because we've got such a stronger squad than we had last season. And he's not really capitalising on it. Now, I know the last two games that we've had aren't the easiest games, of course. But I, I was still disappointed about the, the, sort of the negative nature of the team that he put out against Liverpool. Some of the decisions he made were pretty baffling, giving them giving them the wings, which I know Liverpool are strong through the middle and on the wings, but just to give up the wings full stop, it's obvious for all to see that the way they were knocking on the door, time after time after time, they were going to score eventually. And obviously that's what's happened. And because we're weak in defence, we've got to play to our strengths and really take the game to our opposition. And our strength is attack. Now, yes, of course, we are most likely still going to concede against Liverpool. But if we keep them occupied and really pressure them by playing attacking football, getting the ball to our three forwards, then they're going to be put on the back foot and they're going to be a bit more scared. That's natural. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's not one defender in world football who likes being run at at pace. Someone who can really dribble the ball and be positive and running at them. There isn't a defender on the face of the planet that likes that. And we've got some players, especially in Aubameyang and Pepe, that scare the life out of defenders. And we didn't give them that opportunity enough against Liverpool, unfortunately. And yes, we might have conceded still a couple of goals against Liverpool. But we possibly could have scored two or three ourselves. We really could. There were occasions in that Liverpool match where we did have their defence looking scared. And I just wish we could have done that more often and been really more positive. And against Tottenham, we came up against the team there who I know they had some players, important players missing. But we saw a Tottenham team that were just, I thought, pretty poor. They've got some good individual players. Son is a fantastic player. Harry Kane, cheating, diving, horrible person. But he's got ability, we all know that. And Eriksen is a a good quality player as well. But apart from those individuals, they're not a good team. They can't play football. There's absolutely no way they were going to play their way up through the, the thirds through our team yesterday. They were just a long ball merchants. Long ball, cheating, diving, crappy, glorified Burnley. And that, I'm sorry to be a negative against Burnley when I say that. But that's what they are. If they... Elliot said it, actually, on the Arsenal Vision podcast, and uh, I totally agree with him. He said, if they're not got the ball... If they're attacking, then they are doing just pumping it long. 
If they're defending, they're just cheating and throwing themselves to the floor. That's what they do. So we've got, I don't honestly think we've got anything to fear from Spurs this season. I mean, we had nothing to fear against them in that match at home. And we just got it wrong. And that has got to be, again, down to the boss. Now, people will throw it back in my face and say, well, you can't legislate for individual mistakes and individual errors. But you can when you're in charge of choosing the team and you keep choosing the players that make these individual errors and keep putting them on the team and then, after the match, saying you're proud of them. And that's what he did with Granite Xhaka yesterday, um, yesterday at the weekend. He said he was proud of him. And that just worries me, really worries me, unfortunately. And Granite Xhaka, when he went off to... Switzerland for his international, the international break. You may have seen the um, interview he gave, and he's saying, "Oh, people will always go on about mistakes." Well, yes, they will, Granite, because you keep making them. And he was just come across as smarmy, and uh, and and people say, "Well, he's important to the team because of his leadership." Well, I'm sorry, but what kind of leadership is it when you keep making these mistakes and you're not? You don't seem to care about them very much. Now, the rest of the team are going to be seeing these mistakes and the fact that he's letting the team down week after week after week by making these errors and costing us points. Now, I'm sorry, but behind his back, then I bet you the players will be talking and say, well, he's cost us again today. Now, that is not leadership in the, in the dressing room. That's not leading by example by making these mistakes. And then going on TV when you're on your international duty and saying, well, you people will keep going on about these mistakes, but they don't look at the good things or whatever. Well, that's you've got to take responsibility, mate. You keep making these mistakes, then we're going to keep going on about them. But it's also the manager who keeps picking this guy week after week that we've got to blame as well. Now... It almost seems that it's it's a taboo subject to be giving any kind of criticism to Unai Emery. But I'm sorry, but that, I can only say what I see. And he's not filling me with fuller confidence at the moment at all. And I really hope that he proves me wrong. I really do. But at the moment, I can't see much that's coming out of Unai Emery that I'm, I'm really confident in. It must be off-putting for the players. I mean, I like the fact that I like managers that go on the sidelines and they're animated, etc. But Unai Emery must be off-putting, uh, putting the players off by what he's doing on the sidelines most of the time because he's not like just showing excitement and you know for the match and running up and down and fist pumping, whatever. He's literally telling the players what to do second by second. And that, to me as well, it just shows that, as far as a player, well, what's, what's he doing that for? Has he got no faith in me whatsoever? Does he not know that I'm a professional footballer and, and I know what I'm actually supposed to do? If he's shouting and berating at me from the sidelines every second of the match, telling me where to stand and what to do, that's got to be annoying. 
that that does annoy me when I see that because it's it's not just being animated because you're enjoying the game and you're trying to get your players sort of pumped up he's just micromanaging second after second throughout the game so yeah it's it's very frustrating but I'm not going to be um, negative about uh, everything you can be pleased to hear that's my negativity out the way really I'm still very very positive about the new squad that we have I'm very positive about the players that we've got coming, you know, get going from strength to strength uh, in this team. Um, the front three, I think, are going to be outstanding sort of moving forward. I really get frustrated with people going getting on Pepe's back already. Um, um, it's still very early days for him. He's still getting used to a new country a new team, a new style of play, a new manager, a new league. So let's give him time. We've seen, though, what he can be capable of so far, and it's all good. Yes, he's got to finish um, more of these chances, but that will come. Don't, I mean, this has been said several times, but don't forget that Thierry Henry took eight games before he took, got his first goal. Same for Bergkamp as well. Um, I think he was even longer than eight games. So give the lad time. As soon as he gets that first goal, the whole um, monkey will come off his back. He will be pumped. He'll be full of confidence. And you'll see the best of him. But I, um, I can't help but think that from the game on Saturday that it was a waste to have Aubameyang out on the wing we can't have someone who scored 30 goals last season too far away from the from the goal it may sound obvious but we need him in the box and um, people have been saying about Lacazette being the one to drop deep play the Firmino role I don't agree with that either because he's not a good enough passer of the ball. He's a great player. I love Lacazette, but he's not the best at distributing the ball. Um, quite frustratingly, misplaced a lot of passes against uh, Spurs, but it's not his strength. His strength is what we saw in the 44th minute or whatever it was. That was unbelievable. And when I, tweet, I tweeted out straight after that goal, that it seemed to me that he thought in his head, oh God, yeah, we've just gone 2-0 down and Lacazette took it upon himself to think, no, I'm going to sort this out. Sod this. Got the ball, literally just powered his way through and bashed the ball into the roof of the net with complete lethal venom. And that's what he's good at. So I, I really want Lacazette and Aubameyang to be in the box. And I think, in that case, that Pepe should be the one to drop down into the sort of number 10, sort of Firmino role. And I think that would suit him brilliantly because he is unbelievable and scary for defenders, like I mentioned earlier. When he's got the ball, 
turns 180 degrees in one quick movement and he's gone and leaves defenders spinning and I think if he could pick the ball up just be in that hole in the number 10 position and run with the ball and lay it off or just run straight through then that will be really making use of his skills as well now he, yes he's played a lot from the right but I think he's just as comfortable playing through the middle as well and when we've got Bellerin and Tierney back especially then they can be the wingers and we'll have a lethal team then and that will, that sort of position having a sort of a a 4-3-1-2 type formation rather than 4-3-3 and um, having the wingers really uh, the fullbacks really pushing on like the Liverpool uh, ones do then that's really sort of almost mimicking the way Liverpool play with Firmino dropping deep I think the best way of getting the front three together is by having Pepe drop deep rather than Lacazette so let me know what you think on that. Um, tweet me at from Dial Square or send me an email from Dial Square to where at gmail.com and uh, be interested to hear your thoughts on that. But I think it'll be um, the best all round because uh, Lacazette and, and Aubameyang obviously have played together now for 18 months or more. We know their bromance, we know how much they get on. And I think when a Lacazette goes off, Aubameyang, like he did against Liverpool, can seem a little bit, not isolated, but he doesn't seem the same player when Lacazette's not on the pitch. Now hopefully Lacazette will be fine after this international break and he'll be ready to start the next game. But having those two together up front, in and around the box, I think is, is where we get most of our goals. And... Um, if Pepe can be the one that sort of links the two and sort of feeds the two and can arrive late in the box um, and dribble at the defence, that would be, for me, the best use of the front three anyway. And with Willock, Sabios, and Guendouzi, we've got pretty much everything we need then in midfield to, to, for them to sort of be breaking forward They've got the energy and the legs and the youth and exuberance to, to get back, help the defence, be real sort of box-to-box player in Willock especially and Grinduzzi. And Sabios can be the one dribbling, breaking free from the midfield. Uh, and again, you know, freeing Pepe, freeing uh, Lacazette or Aubameyang with his passes and also banging in the long curling shots like he's been doing um, with great effect so far this season as well so I really I feel like a broken record but I really really hope that Emery will throw caution to the wind this season and really try and uh, just come to the conclusion that that is the best way for us to play because um, for us 100% and I think this has to be the name of this podcast attack is the best form of defence. And considering that this could be Unai Emery's swan song season, why not go out with a bang? 
throw caution to the wind and really go for it this season. We don't need any more negativity. I don't want to come away from these games feeling like we, should, we could have done so much more. If we lose to the better team, absolutely fine. As long as we've given a great account of ourselves and we've played well, we've played good attacking football, I can put up with that. But when we come away from these games thinking, it's just a wasted opportunity, negative tactics have cost us again, the picking of players who constantly let us down and cost us points, it's just disappointing, isn't it? And I don't want that anymore. I am and I still remain very positive for this season because of the great quality we've got in our squad. But please, let's utilise that quality. The better players play them whenever they're fit in the Premier League and we've used the Cups and the Europa League for the fringe players to keep them fit, keep them interested but in the Premier League play the strongest team we can week in week out don't keep chopping and changing for the bloody sake of it please even against Man City or whatever whatever team we're playing take the game to them Give them something to think about. Don't pay them too much respect. Don't be too negative and let them come on to us and try and hit them with long ball Burnley tactics. It's, it's not Arsenal and it doesn't work for us. Just, we need to be on the front foot and giving a good account of, our, uh, of ourselves. So come on, Unai. Come on. Attack is the best form of defence for this Arsenal team. Right, time for a short break. I'll speak to you soon. Welcome back. So, um, since I uh, recorded the first segment, we've had the end of the European transfer window and um, yeah we got uh, got rid of Mkhitaryan and Elneny which I mean seriously at the beginning of the transfer window we pretty much all tweeted who we wanted out what we needed to come in and um, I think we've pretty much got every single thing that we wanted Apart from one. Yeah, we didn't get rid of Mustafi, unfortunately. But we all wanted Mkhitaryan gone, pretty much. And we all wanted Elneny to go. And um, we pretty much got everything we wanted out of the transfer window. So that is really, really positive. And we must... I mean, I I don't know how much we've um, saved on the weekly wages. But it's got to be... It's got to be close to a million quid a week, I'd imagine, at the end of it. So, I mean, God, that's, uh, that is massively positive. And what a turnaround from the end of last season, really. If we can get this uh, team ticking and um, we can get a long run of games uh, going like we did last season, uh, 22 unbeaten, if we can do something similar again now, um, then... God, it, I mean, we've got to really be pleased with the, the backroom team that we've got at the club now. That's a really good job, well done. 
and they deserve a massive pat on the back and not by crouching underneath a crow either a proper pat on the back so yeah well done for that that's uh, been fantastic um, Raul and co Mkhitaryan is a shame really it's one of those really that we had high hopes for when he joined the club I know I did um, I know he had a poor time at um, Man United after his uh, really successful spell at um, Dortmund but it could could have been at the time I remember thinking it could have been just one of those mismatches between him and United and um, Jose Mourinho and that he just didn't get on with the club didn't get on with the manager and he needed a fresh start and when he came over to Arsenal I was really hopeful that um, he could be a real good piece of the team um, but it just it's just one of those it's just not worked out and uh, not worked out for him at all um, playing in the Premier League and it is a real shame it was really odd that um, he came on against um, Tottenham when we had uh, Nelson on the bench um, can't understand that decision because the club obviously knew at that point that he was going to be leaving and it wasn't as if it was like a, a farewell thing because none of us knew that he was going at that point either so we didn't get get to say goodbye he didn't get to say goodbye so, um, yeah so it's a bit of a, a bit of an odd one but uh, what I forgot to say as well in the first section about the um, well both games really but mainly the Tottenham game again one, another thing I tweeted out was about Martinelli now I really really wish that he'd been on the bench I really do I really want him to get some minutes this season and um, I think it, instead of um, bringing on Mkhitaryan if we'd have had it in as an option and put him on the on the pitch for the last 20 odd minutes then I really think he would have roasted uh, Davinson Sanchez the pace he's got to burn is, is phenomenal, frightening I've got so many high hopes for Martinelli, his attitude his confidence, his ability his pace, everything and um, yeah I just think he would have caused them havoc can you imagine you know, him on one flank for the last 20 or 30 minutes and Pepe on the other feeding Aubameyang they wouldn't have got out there well they didn't get out there half pretty much for a lot of the time apart from a few breaks forward dangerous ones as well um, I know I'm not blind but um, we were doing a lot of attacking and penning them back towards the end of the game but can you imagine the extra dimension he would have offered um, it, it just it's a shame it really is a shame I'm so very disappointed that he wasn't on the bench I really hope we see him more I know that he's going to probably play a lot of the cup games in the Europa League but I want to see him in the Premier League uh, at the end of games stretching teams as well and just really letting him see what uh, what, what he can do show, let him show what he can do so yeah I'm disappointed about that but fingers crossed um, that we get to see him quite a bit this season I'm uh, yeah, hopeful that he can really take some big strides forward I can't I can't remember quite Who's the last player I got, you know, so much hope and faith in, and uh, was excited by than uh, than Martinelli? Can't really think off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, 
fingers crossed for him. So, as I mentioned uh, earlier as well, got a couple of more collaborations coming up. Um, got one later on today with the great Canon Fodder TV. And um, another one coming up, uh, which I'm excited about as well, on Sunday, which is with A Bird Camp Wonderland. And um, some more exciting news is that I'm doing my own first live stream on YouTube this coming Wednesday, which, uh, yeah, very, very happy and excited about. I've um, got a couple of exciting guests that are going to be joining me on the show as well and um, I'm looking for your questions so please um, if you send me in your questions prior to the uh, event um, I gave you the contact details earlier but I'll just mention them once more it's um, you can tweet me on at from dial square and you can email me on from dial square to where at gmail.com so if there's anything you want me to discuss with uh, with the guests I've got coming on on Wednesday, then please uh, get your questions over. Anything goes pretty much within reason. And uh, I look forward to receiving them. Now, as I mentioned as well, a week or two ago in a previous podcast, I uh, had an idea about the live stream. So depending on the amount of uh, viewers we get and the comments we get on the day, um, I'm going to offer the opportunity for someone who is really engaging on the night with their comments, um, who is asking some really good questions, is interacting with the other viewers on the uh, comments section as well, and keeping us all entertained, I'm going to um, see whether that person would like to join us on the live stream for the last uh, bit of the show, uh, who can join in and in turn also be uh, one of the people to answer the comments, answer some of the comments that are coming in. So please remember that and if you are interested, be there, ready to watch the live stream on Wednesday coming up and we're looking at kicking off at 6.30 in the UK so 6.30 Greenwich Mean Time and we look forward to seeing you there Now it's time for what you've all been waiting for, the crack of dawn. With dawn. Obviously.
that, that was my impression of who I am, eh, by the way. Who? Yeah. The Arsenal manager. You know. Oh, right. I have yeah. no idea. But good evening. Everybody. Good evening. Is that how he speaks? Yeah, sort of. Oh, very good. Got a really weird Spanish accent. Oh, Spanish. Mm. And the, oh, the, not the owner, the sort of the direct, oh, I don't know what his title is, Raul Sanjiehi, who is like in charge <laughs> of football operations or something like that, in that. Arsenal. He talks like He's Spanish, but he talks like he's had about 80 a day habit since he was 13. Oh, he probably has. Are you in Spain? How cheap the tags are. Mm, but he's like the Don, that's why they call him Don Raul, Don mm. Raul, because he's like a godfather. Oh, right. Oh, I can make you laugh and you can't refuse. Oh. Right. Anyway. Anyway. How are you, Don? Oh, marvellous, thank you. Good, good, good. You had a good week, shall we say? Uh, fresh, yes. Had the talks and dams, yes. More than four dams, actually, really, yes. And obviously, very, you know, with bad news. Yes. Had the whole week, so yes. it's nice to get to the weekend, really. It um, is, yes. And without the kids, which yeah. is always. Well, it's lovely when they're here, but it's also lovely when they're not. You can be, you can only see out the trees, it's fine. They won't listen to this, it's fine. It's lovely to have a weekend <laughs> without the kids sometimes. Sometimes, yes. I'm only joking, you know I am. I, I really know. love having kids. Couldn't eat a whole one, but... Oh, yes. <laughs> so, what should we talk about today on um, this crack of dawn episode? This crack of dawn, well, there's a um, a tweet here of somebody deluded at deluded guru four. He says, "I shall edit out the mistakes that he made." And he says, "Londoners have zero manners, and I refuse to accept it." Individual dropped their phone. I picked it up. They didn't say thank you, so I slapped it out of the hand and said, "You're welcome." I know that, that I absolutely hate that thing myself as well. I get really angry every single time. I mean, I replied to that one and I, and I said, every single time you hold the door open for someone or do someone, you know, a good deed or whatever, however small it may be, and they don't say thank you or, you know, I always make a massive point of just saying, you're welcome. You're as loud, turn around behind. You know, if you step out of the way of someone on a, on a small pavement or something to let them walk past. It's usually or, old people that don't care and they've probably got like their shopping trolleys behind them. And they're mm. the rudest because they can't actually get away with it. Cause they're I know, like they give you a dirty 87 look. or something and they think, well, screw you, I'm not saying anything. I know, it's you. 37 degrees and they've still got their Mac on, down to their ankles. <laughs> and tights. Yeah. Like they're tan. And they've got American those, tan tights. They've got those shoes on with the top of their foot bulging out over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Like elephantitis um, thing. Yes. Well, it's like um, when you when you empty in your car or your van and you leave the door open to empty the stuff out of it or whatever, like you're shopping. So your car doors open across the pavement and then someone's coming. So you move out of the way, pull it back, break your shins because you're closing the door onto your legs to get let them get past. And they just like shuffle yeah. past and give you a dirty look as if you've got no right to be doing it. That's... um. Usually happens when you're driving as well. Just up the road from here, there's a, a road called Queen's Road, as you very well know. Mm. And there is what I always called Queen's Road etiquette. Because if you're from around this area, you kind of know that if you if you come out on the Every day. the end of our road, then you see a car coming down. You have have to stop and wait for the other car to come if it's already going. And obviously, vice versa, if you're on your way up there and 
car at the top knows that there's no air to pull in because there's cars parked down both sides of the road. So if you sit there waiting, then another car comes down. And then another car comes down, the car that you've waited there for ages to come down, it just goes straight past you, and you just think, you twat. I know. I don't even shout at people anymore. I just stick my finger up. Well, I maybe know. I do shout, you're welcome, dickhead. Put my finger up. Oh. It happens to me every day. And they're just like, they, they think that they've got every right to, that you're some kind of superior being. Again, though, it's, it's usually like, old people, though, isn't it, who... God. Probably like got both hands glued to the steering wheel and got the faces well, pressed right up against the thing because they're concentrating on not hitting the car but either side. Well, you've witnessed my uh, a bit I, of my road rage from I time did, to yeah. time. A couple that of was, times. That was a pretty bad day. That first one was a pretty bad day. We'd had you in a. Oh yeah, a, that was a bad one. It was a bad day anyway, and then that silly old man started shouting abuse at you, didn't he? Well, the one that was in the in the car was the best one as well. Oh God, it's, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I ain't going to go into the language I use, but that, that I mean, literally, I was, my, all my uh, veins in my neck were pulsating, yes, I think, think, weren't they, sticking and out. And in your forehead as well, basically. Like, like Ren and Stimpy, that old cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But then there's the other one that crossed the road. Yeah. Is that the one you were on about? Yeah, that was the one yeah. I was on about at the crossroads, because the, the light had changed, the filter lane light had changed, hadn't it? And he started to cross as we went round the corner, because we could go round the corner, because the green filter lane light came on. And then... He um he started shouting abuse. I think he even waved his walking stick at you, didn't he? Or something. He, he, yeah, pointing at like, the lights and you shouted uh, some abuse. It's the filter Yeah, oh my god. I can't remember the exact word it, but yeah. So because I he lost was looking he was looking the wrong way though, wasn't he, to see that the green filter lane light had come on. But the best one, that well you weren't in the with me at the time, but when the, I someone went into the sort of scrape down the side of my van. Oh, that because was that, they were trying to get past me. That was that and, crazy crackhead from the oh, Newton, though, wasn't it? Oh my god! I literally just like, I swear on my life, I just did you actually check that out. registration out? Did you? Say it was I reported it to the police, didn't yeah. I? Because uh, it it was like two lanes going into one, and this person, complete nutcase, was didn't have any teeth and looked like um, she's not had a bath for a month. Yeah, it knackered out old, and I just got that van, and I yeah, my pride and joy. And just trying to get past. And I said, oh, no, I'm not doing it. I'm on per I wasn't, I had every right to do what I did. I was just like gently going into the middle of the road because it was like go two lanes going into one. Yeah, merged. And yeah, just she literally a, less than a centimetre away from the car all the time. And I'm just like, yeah. I literally had my eyes on the rear view mirrors the whole time. And then. Oh my god, before it went back into two lanes, because it, it was only one lane for a short while, as you know. And then it, before it went back into two lanes, she squeezed down the side and sort of, and literally just like put a, a whole coat of, of her car's paint down the side of my van. I and I swear you. on my life, I nearly flung open my door and just like you went to stow the door in with my, you know, just kick the doors in. in. I can but remember you telling me about that. sped off, literally, wheel, wheel span and shot off down the road and went down this sort of... Down the little slip before, road. Whilst I was out, yeah, I mean, oh my God, I just like, I, absolute alter, unadulterated rage. I can remember you telling me about that and uh, saying that she looked at you and she kind of done a mm. fuck you type of smile, but she'd got no teeth. Well, no, you know, she didn't do a smile. She was like, she was properly ranting. Oh, was she? Yeah. As if, I, as if I'd done something wrong. But she looked like a 
coffin. She looked like being sleeping rough for about six months. Yeah, that's terrible. But yeah, I, mean, I, I, I hate. What was the? And also on Twitter recently, I've got. I haven't got the exact tweets in front of me, but on a couple of occasions I've seen tweets from women absolutely complaining about men are holding the door open for them as they go in somewhere as if it's like oh my god honestly can't you understand that i've actually got enough strength to open the door myself type thing I, I, and i've, I've retweeted that up and put it's a comment on it. i just put oh my god it's just I mean, seriously, complaining about someone holding the door open for you. It's just says, common courtesy. It doesn't matter what sex you are. Oh, well, she probably doesn't. When it says, what gender are you? Male, female, other, don't want to say, or half man, half unicorn, or whatever they yeah. are these days. Oh, no. It just... That's opening up a whole other kind of worms, I suppose, which I just oh, my... on there. There's something on Twitter I've retweeted today as well about, in the news today, about... Um, some school kids being locked out of the school because they'd refused to wear the gender neutral uniforms that they've been given. What was that? And I just like I a pair of clots or something. I, re I retweeted it and said, you know, this sort of thing makes me want to stop the world and get off because mm. it's just just ridiculous. getting a little no, bit I mean, out I'm, of out of hand. I think uh, I mean I haven't responded to. I saw a couple of replies to my retweet about it and saying you know you can't blame them and I wasn't actually going on about the kids refusing to wear them that's a totally understandable it's the school actually issuing gender neutral uniforms in the first place well I mean honestly it just drives me mad surely. they're kids they can't make up their own mind about Oh, I don't decide what gender I want to be. They are children going to school. Either with a penis or a vagina, I'll hasten to add. And if you've got a penis, you're a male. And if you've got a vagina, you're a female. Whether you want to be or when not, when you're a child, that is what you are. Absolutely. Oh, I don't think we move off that subject. Because yes, because we could be here all night talking about that. And, and getting I'm getting, uh, yeah, because I mean, I can see those veins bulging in your forehead already, there, babe. Well, I'm also. Yeah, it's starting to make me think about Brexit as well. So oh, I'm yeah. Sorry, <laughs> because that's getting more and more and more and more and more and more okay, prevalent well, every day. Just leave that there. Cause what else? Well, we could always there? just like mention the fact that Boris Johnson has got a dog. He's very, very cute. Well, there's a funny one, actually, because Boris Johnson is doing a... Uh, I don't know. I didn't click on it. I don't ever listen to stuff like that. But there's a video posted and he was sitting there and he was chatting away behind it. And someone had retweeted it and said, is Boris Johnson... Um, filming this interview in Max Branning's car lot. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh because it really did look like he was sitting in Max Branning's car lot. Who's Max the old Branning? prefab from EastEnders. You know the oh. the bald, the shaven-headed bald yeah, ginger bloke. Shaven-headed bald ginger. He looks like Jimmy Somerville. Oh my! Oh yes, I know who you mean, but yeah, I mean yes. I haven't seen it for donkey's years either. But no. I remember Max Brennan. Last time I watched EastEnders was I think in just before I went travelling in January, the end of January I went travelling. Last time I watched EastEnders was January two thousand and two. I don't blame you. I'm not missing much. I bet if you put it on, same as Coronation you, Street, you probably still 
be able to catch up with the storyline well, yeah. within the space of a week. That's what happened when I came back after 12 months. And I did, I say the last time I watched it. I actually flicked it on and I thought, oh, for God's sake. Still mm. going on about this crap. And yeah. that was it. I swore never to watch it again. I know, exactly. Yeah. So, what's the next on the agenda? Oh, uh, next. Hold up just one moment because I'd... Uh, Oh, can we just like? Oh, here we go. Look, um, da, da, da. it's oh, so well oiled and greased. Time, it, is, it is oil and greased, of course. Took me about two seconds. That's all good. The last time Tottenham won the league, should we do that one? Or? Oh, go on then. Yeah, that's actually quite interesting. Um, the last time. Oh, this is off. I like his name as well, Flappy Hansky. Um, the last time Tottenham won the league, JFK hasn't been shot yet. Man City and Chelsea didn't exist. Most of the world still use black and white TV. Most of Africa is still colonised. The Beatles were unknowns. And England were yet to win the WC, which when I read it earlier, I thought the water closet. However, then I soon quickly realised the World Cup. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, there. What um, else? There's, um, there's loads of those. Going what, around. what year was it then that Tottenham won the league? 1961. Yeah. So what else has happened since 1961? I was born. Who was born? I was. No, you weren't. 1961? Yeah, since then, what's happened in that time? Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. I thought you were 70s. Or before that, didn't you? No, no. You're, I, I don't know why I said you, you what? Because <laughs> it's also you were born since then. Clearly here. I know. <laughs> no, I know. I, I suddenly just thought... Well, in 1961, for some reason. Um, no, it's funny because, I mean, there's, I think it was, um, what did he say? Well, no, these, these things like um, Thierry Henry was, was born, went through school, did his football apprenticeship, um, signed for Juventus, signed for Arsenal, won the league 150 times, won the FA Cup 150 times, retired. And sort of went to, and became Arsenal's all-time top scorer in still the time that Tottenham won the last one of the league anyway. Yeah. But it's a funny thing, like, oh God, what's his name? Um, who the Prime Minister was then, it's gone right out of my head. Tony Macmillan. Yeah. Not Macmillan. Oh. Harold Macmillan. Oh, no, it wasn't yeah. Harold Macmillan. Maybe he was. Anyway, it made it sound literally like everything was in black and white, which oh. it probably was. Was it Churchill? No, not 1961. I'm sure it's Harold McMillan. Oh, anyway. But yeah. It's uh it, it basically is all on the back of someone posting uh, a Tottenham fan got taking a Mickey since Arsenal last won a trophy, which was only a couple of years ago. Anyway. Oh. What should we else should we talk about? Um just a very, very quick one. Mark at oh Mark at Mark underscore Hatton said, Why sawdust called sawdust? It's not sawdust, is it? It should be called powdered wood. But it's not because it's dust from when you've been sawing. Ergo, therefore, sawdust. But at the end of that one, we don't need to discuss it any further. Yeah, no, I just thought it was a bit random, that one. Mm. Um, what else have we got? He took some time out of his day to type that. How about um, this lovely lady called Jade, who said that there's been lots and lots of people sounding quite pissed off on Twitter and had anybody got a good joke yeah so maybe we could tell a couple of these jokes Go that on, people yeah, there's said. quite a long thread i remember 
Yeah, shall I like, start at the beginning then, shall I? Or? Just uh, take out some of your favourites. Well, um, right, well then. What does a cockney pay for shampoo? Well, I don't know. What does a cockney pay for shampoo? Pan ten. Pan ten. Pan ten. <laughs> um, what well, that's not that that good. Not as good as my joke, I'm sure. Oh, this one's quite good. I dated a one-legged girl who worked in a brewery. She was in charge of the hops. <laughs> <coughs> um, what else is that? Oh, this is one of my favourites. I like this one. Anyway, I've heard it before. Two snowmen in a field, and one of them snowmen says to the other, "Can you smell carrots?" <laughs> um, no, but I can see a lot of coal. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I'll just make that one up off the top of my head, by the way. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> three. Oh, I didn't read this one, so this might be. I'm not sure whether it's going to be or not, but I shall read it. I shall be as surprised as the next person, <laughs> so I will. Three guys in a bar. One of them walks up to the bar, and the barman walks up, tits bouncing, and the guy says. Three pints of your breast, sorry, best, bitter. She laughs and gives him his pints. On the way back, he looks a bit red-faced, so one of the guys says to him, what's up with you? And he says, boys, I just made a pure arse of myself there. I just asked the barmaid for three pints of breast bitter. The guys laugh and one says, ah, the old Freudian slip. What's that, he says. Well, here's an example. I was sitting at the breakfast table with a wife this morning, and instead of saying, darling, pass the milk, I said, you fat bitch, you've ruined me life. I like that one as well. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what do you, what you call a dog? A dog with no back legs and metal balls. Sparky. I think that's supposed to be what do you call a dog with no back legs and metal paws. That is I someone who's typing in the Scottish language. Oh, right, the way I see. that he actually thinks and speaks. Speak. Oh, right, I see. I don't know why Scottish people think they need to do that. No. Well, Sparky, anyway, was the answer, <laughs> which again is quite funny. Um, what do you call, him, oh, what do you call a fun. man with no arms and no legs that swims the English Channel? Um. Clever dick. <laughs> 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 uh, I like it. Two old blokes are walking down the road and they come across a dog licking its bollocks. Wow, look at that. I wish I could do that. Give it a biscuit, it might let you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. I've got one just like off the top of my head that I quite like. If I can remember it well, I'm not ruining it anyway. Um, Paddy and Murphy. Well, Paddy and Murphy have been friends for ages and they're walking down the road. And Paddy falls down the hole and Murphy shouts down, is it dark down there? And Paddy says, I don't know, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> very good very good I like it shall I carry on with the ones that are on the thing in go on then oh hold it sorry I dropped my phone down the loo final shy joke of the night this is offering Hindi I dropped my phone down the loo so I sat it in a bowl of rice to absorb the water amazingly it worked but when my phone turned back on I only had one contact my Uncle Ben. <laughs> That's poor. I don't get it. Uncle Ben's rice. Oh. Oh. Um. That's how poor it was. Which wasn't even funny. Uh, well, that's it. Really. What was the other thing? Apart what? from the jokes, there was something else. We Birthday. Were about. Birthday. Oh, yes. Fun. Let's do it. What we're going to do each week is 
give a birthday shout out or two for whose birthday it was this week on Twitter. Who is it? Uh... Um, Guna Gaza at London Gaza. It says, on this day in a land not far away, a young Guna was born. It was me. Happy birthday to me. Hashtag 21 again, which means he's not 21. Obviously, probably. Well, it depends how many times he's been 21, really, but... Okay. Happy birthday anyway, Guna Gaza. Happy birthday, Guna Gaza. Hope you've had a great day. Happy birthday to, to you. you. Squashed tomatoes and stew. Bread and butter in the gutter. Happy birthday to you. There you go, Gaza. There you go. Fantastic. That is what else is there? Anything um, else before we go? Anything else? Let's have a look. There was... Um, hmm. I don't say no. Can you think of anything else? There was something there? else we were going to... Um, on there and discuss but if you can't find it let's leave it till next week yeah i can't find it and i can't remember what it was so no it's worries. a long night and it's pretty late already so it is indeed yes well as i said uh, earlier on in the podcast we're going to do a live broadcast this coming wednesday which is the what's that the date Eleventh, is it? Something like that. Something like that. Wednesday next, anyway. Next Wednesday at six thirty, and what we're going to do is, if there is enough people watching, commenting on the live stream, then the most entertaining person who comments is going to get the opportunity to join us for the last few minutes of the live stream. To answer some questions as well isn't that going to be interesting oh it's and if you're a nutcase then you won't last very long obviously anyway i hope you watched that hope you enjoyed this episode of the crack of dawn and we'll see you again in the next episode good night yep thanks bye-bye thanks a lot see you next episode thanks for listening can anyone catch them do you think uh, yes, of course. Bring him on army! Bring him on army! Bring him on army! Yeah, unbelievable, we didn't expect that. Awesome fingers, bring him on army! Oh.